Hello, everyone, and welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you tips, tools, and resources to help you discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, holistic health and mindfulness coach, Amanda Bickham. Thank you, and welcome to the show. All right. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I am here in India. It's a very different world over here to most of my beautiful friends and community in California. I want to welcome you guys to this show, and I'm really excited to be bringing you someone really special, someone who I find is really truly standing in and owning his truth and showing up to do the self-work. So the person that I'm going to bring on today, I actually was introduced to him by a friend of mine who did a summit and she brought him on. This person is really, truly owning his power and seeing the shadows and doing the self-work to help liberate not only himself from some of this sexual energy, but also helping educate and helping men, drawing awareness to a challenge that we face in our society, which personally, I believe, creates a lot of disharmony in our sexual imbalance. And this is the use of pornography. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into these concepts. I'll talk to you about how I met Mark and why I decided to bring him on the show. What I'm trying to do here is create a conscious community where we can all wake up and help one another thrive. And so if you can share this, if you resonate with this idea that we can all choose to tap into our sacred sexuality and change the imbalance that often is surrounding sex and our sexual relations, please, please, please share this out. Mark is an amazing coach and also content creator in the roles of masculinity and also sexual self-mastery. So please share this out, you guys. I would love to get more people on here. If you guys have your own opinions or insights on this, let me know. I would love to hear in your comments below, maybe what are your challenges? What do you feel are the challenges in understanding our own sexual energy? Many of you who have been following me know I talk a lot about the Me Too movement, trying to create a bigger perspective on why the Me Too movement have happened and what does it mean for us in our future and how can we choose to allow this awareness of something that's been in the shadows for so long to begin to become our healing around sexual energy. I talk a lot about sacred sexuality, reconnecting the masculine and the feminine within, and we're going to dive a bit into that today. Why, hello, Mark. Good to see you. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I was just prepping the audience a little bit about kind of what this is going to be about. I talked a little bit about how I met you, but now that you're here, I'd love to kind of just expand a little bit on that. I was introduced to you by a really good friend of mine who you actually spoke on a summit of hers that she was talking about in regards to sex and sexual self-mastery and pornography and some of the shadow sides of our sexual culture. And I was really inspired by the way that you truly owned where you've been and some of the shadows and also 
you took something that you were realizing was holding you back in your own life and your own ability to connect to your divine masculine. And now you help a lot of people who are struggling with the same issue. So without leaving them in too much suspense, Mark, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background and give the audience some awareness on what I'm talking about. Sure, sure. So I'd always really been interested in self-development and I always had these really big dreams about how I wanted to change the world and, and do stuff like that. But as I got older, I realized that some of the habits that I developed in my youth, like particularly, you know, around like the beginning of puberty and stuff like that, were really holding me back, namely my addiction to porn and masturbation and that sort of thing. And I think it's kind of just, you know, I'm 29 now. So I think anyone who's you know my age or younger, and maybe even a little bit older, but it kind of just like you start masturbating anywhere between, you know, 12 and 15. And then the internet started to come along then and internet was a relatively new thing, like high speed internet in particular. And most parents, they just kind of give you unlimited access to it. And that's what my parents did. And they didn't know better. And or well, maybe they even tried, but I, you know, I was able to get around any filter or whatever they put up. And I just kind of just used it because it felt good and it was exciting and all that kind of stuff. As I got older, I just realized more and more that it was not serving me, but at the same time, I felt trapped. I'm Catholic. Well, I was raised Catholic and then I broke away from the Catholic church for a long time, studied a whole bunch of different, like, you know, Eastern stuff and that sort of thing, and eventually came back. But one of the big reasons why I left the Catholic church, because, you know, they have this idea like, hey, porn's bad. And I was like trying to be a good Catholic at one point. I think I was a sophomore in high school. So around 15, maybe 16, actually. Yeah. And I was trying to give up porn for Lent. And I went like 30 days without porn or masturbation. I just started feeling terrible. Like, I felt horrible. And I'm like, clearly something's not working out here. And as soon as I went back to it, I felt immediately better. I remember actually laughing after I did it because I was like, I feel amazing. Clearly this whole traditional idea of cutting this stuff out is so wrong because of how good it makes me feel. Fast forward a number of years into the future, what I realized actually happened was I was going through withdrawal. I was already addicted and that's what was getting me stuck. It was creating this perception that I really needed this thing in such a way that I had never lived really without it post puberty. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of guys. They've never actually gone for an extended period of time without some kind of immediately gratifying sexual activity. And so they have this very distorted view about what their sexual energy is really like. And that's kind of what I've gotten into is helping guys more or less make it over that hump of learning how to take back control of their sexual energy so that they can stop being a victim to their own emotions, a victim to their own sex drive, a victim to every pretty girl that walks by them. Because as far as I understand it, a lot of guys, they go through life feeling like whenever they see a pretty girl that they're not having sex with, that immediately throws them into a position of lack and longing. And their only option to mitigate that pain is to create some fantasy world in their mind where they are having sex with that person or to just turn to porn and relieve it that way. And that's just a way of living. It's a terrible way to live. It's not real. It drains your energy. It limits your capacity in so many ways because this stuff really messes up your brain. It can mess up your sexuality and all that kind of stuff. So my goal is to help guys take that back and learn how to make love to life rather than just their hands 
and all the development, self-development stuff that goes into that. So that's kind of what I make my living doing. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love what you just said to learn to make love with life instead of their own hands. And, you know, one thing that I have to, that I immediately want to reflect to you. And, and one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on is because you own it, Mark. Like this is something that I feel like is so under the radar that so many people are afraid to admit, are afraid to accept, are afraid to talk about, much less be open and honest about, hey, I've been there. But yet it is a huge, huge issue. And I know that you have a lot of research and I mean, this is your work. And I think it's some of the most important work. And I do a lot around Me Too, the Me Too movement, and how have we gotten to where we are? And I believe that it's because of oftentimes we're not taught about sex. We're not taught about what it really is, unless you're in one school class, right? Or you're asking your friends and they don't know, or porn. Those are really the only three ways. Or maybe if you're lucky, you have older brothers and sisters that helped you out, right? But nobody really knows. It's like all of this chemistry that's overtaking our body. We don't know how to use it, but it's like this driving force. And especially for men, it's a lot stronger than it is for women. We would love it if you share this out, share this out if this resonates, if you know some people maybe even yourself is resonating with this content, please share this out so we can get more people to tune into this because I think it's really important, especially as we move forward. I remember when we were talking a little bit before this interview and you were telling me about some of the statistics with pornography and I would love to give the audience a little bit of kind of the background of what you've discovered as you've been on this journey both in statistically speaking, as well as working with some of the men, what has been some of the most profound realizations that you've had and awareness around this topic? Sure. So just a, a caveat, I'm not a an expert in the statistics or the science. I'm an expert in the recovery process, but I do know kind of in general what's happening right now. Like just one of the maybe most telling things is that erectile dysfunction rates in men under 40 is up like an absurd amount from where it was pre-internet days. Like pre-internet days, it was like less than, I think it was like 1% or something like that of guys under 40 suffered from erectile dysfunction. Now it's up around like 30 or 40 or something like that. Like it's absurd. And the reason that this happens is because if you're constantly jerking off the porn, well, then your brain is, they describe it as plastic, which means that it'll adapt to what you expose it to. And so if you consistently tell your brain, that sex is a mouse, keyboard, and hand lotion, and a computer monitor, well, eventually, that's what your brain starts to believe that sex is. And then when it's exposed to actual sex, well, it can't respond properly. And so you don't get hard, or you have delayed ejaculation, or you have things where guys get very escalated sort of fetishes, where they say when you're a kid, you could get off to an underwear catalog, okay? But after you get exposed to high-speed porn, eventually it has to get more and more hardcore, more and more niche. for you to have interest because like your brain constructs these hierarchies. And I kind of want to go back to a point that you had earlier where you said, you know, this kind of affects men more intensely than women, or at least you said something like men feel this sex drive or, or something more intensely. But I think women feel it too. It's just that women engage with it differently. Like if I was going to describe like two sides of a coin, one, the male side would be porn addiction and the female side would be eating disorders. And I think the reason for that is because when a man is looking at thousands of women, he's constantly creating a hierarchy of what the ideal woman looks like. And so that's the escalation process. He finds, you know, oh, a certain shape body has to you know, perform certain kinds of sex acts and it gets more and more narrow. And then women, they end up actually having to compete 
against that ideal rather than a more realistic one. And so that's what I think feeds a lot of this crazy body image stuff that women struggle with, I would say. And so it's a whole big mess in that regard. Something like 90% of men, I think, use porn on a regular basis now. This is kind of crazy considering our brains didn't evolve for this stuff. We didn't evolve to be able to have this peak stimulatory orgasmic experience on demand. You know, like a guy in 10 minutes, his brain can see more potential mates than our hunter-gatherer ancestors would have seen in their entire lifetime. We weren't designed to do this. And so in order to navigate this digital landscape of infinite novelty, we have to develop the sociological mechanisms that allow us to differentiate between what is real, what is not, what's useful, what's not. And I think we're still kind of figuring this out as a species because this has really put a kink in things in terms of male and female sexual dynamics. And I would argue that it plays a major role in the divorce rates and all that kind of stuff. You know, the fundamental unit of society is the family. And the fundamental bond that the family is based upon is a sexual relationship between a man and a woman. And you start messing with that, which is what porn absolutely does. Well, there's going to be ripples all throughout society. And that's what I really care about. Wow. Yes, absolutely. I resonate. And I love that you said about the eating addictions with women and the food challenges with women. And a vulnerable share for me that I've been observing of myself lately is this last year, I have been in a situation where I'm very selective about who I choose to engage with sexually. And because of that, it's been very narrowed down. And it's not even a physical thing. It's more of an energetically aligned. A lot of my work is in the work of Tantra and really wanting to make sure that I have true connections and deep connections instead of just sexual lust connections. And long story short, I haven't really been having a lot of these connections. And I have found that food, even though I'm a nutritionist and I only eat healthy, food has become the one thing that can comfort me, that can ground me, and that can make me feel pleasure in ways. And like, of course I could masturbate, but like that gets old. It's not really, it's like, okay, great. This is not really doing it. And it also takes time and I have to be in a sacred space. And there's all these parts, you know, especially for women, it's like we, the atmosphere makes it, you know, even when we're playing and pleasuring with ourselves. And so one thing that I realized, I was wondering, I'm like, why am I eating more? Why am I pleasure eating more? I don't understand. And I'm very aware while I'm doing it. And I realized it's because there is this masculine, there's this force that I'm not having in my life. And it is pleasurable. It's grounding and it's comforting. And me going and working out or me going and doing, you know, healthier habits, they don't bring me that same sense. And it's as close to, you know, what I could get if I was being sexually or intimately Mm -hmm. connecting with a man. So I love that you said that. And that's something that I've only discovered about myself as of recent. And I think it's very powerful for also all the women to be aware of your own eating habits and patterns. And I think that once we start to identify what's going on, what's the kink and the disruption and our ability to connect to one another sexually on levels that we feel truly comfort and supported, as well as excited, this is truly going to be able to help to heal a lot of the disconnection between masculine and feminine and a lot of the repressed sexuality that happens all over. And especially because of religion, right? Right now I'm in India and I was at a Tantra festival two weeks ago. And it's a very different experience being at a Tantra festival when there are people from India who are here, because you can see the repression of 
connection to women versus the difference between some of the Westerners. Because here, it's like you're covered, you're closed, it's forbidden, you have to get married. And just even seeing the energetic dynamic between the Westerners and the locals here and how they're able to connect and to touch and to relate with women was a very interesting experience as a Western woman to want to be able to create sensations with both people, but really not feeling safe because a lot of the men here have been trapped in this kind of confinement and not having the ability to express. That's something that maybe you and I disagree on a little bit. Like I'm of the mindset that if you want to make something sacred, that essentially means some kind of restriction. Like the analogy I use is imagine that you have like your mom makes this really wonderful chocolate cake. Okay. And it's like super delicious. And she only brings it out on holidays. And because of that, everyone gets really pumped and it means a lot. And, you know, it's amazing. And you you have it a few times a year or whatever. But you say, hey, you know what? Why am I only having this a few times a year? You get the recipe from your mom. You start making it every single day. All of a sudden, it doesn't mean so much. It's not so satisfying. And you just start getting fat. And so (laughs) I think that there is a very strong seed of truth in that sort of respect for the power of sex in these traditions. Do they sometimes get repressive? Yeah, sometimes they get very negative. But I would argue that there is a danger of becoming repressive by going too far in the opposite direction, too. Like people say, hell, it's so sex positive to masturbate all the time and watch all this porn. But in reality, what I think that's training people to do is not learn how to hold their sexual energy. As soon as they feel horny, they need to get rid of it. They need to make it go away. And so like I don't masturbate. You know, I have sex with my wife and that sort of thing. But by doing that, by creating that sort of restriction, saying, no, it is only for this one thing. One, that's hard in some sense, because I have to learn how to hold that sexual energy and channel it in other directions. But uh, two, it makes it so that every act of sex then is incredibly meaningful. So I think there's danger in both directions. It all comes down to how are you holding and honoring the sexuality within you? Absolutely. I agree with you. And as a woman, and this is why I'm wanting to bring more men into this because I'm not a man and I, and obviously like my body is different and my needs are different. And I understand the chemistry only from an objective and understanding through listening, talking and researching myself. You mentioned something around holding your sexual energy and saving it for the power and the act of sex. And I would love it if you could talk a little bit more about that and what that journey has been for you, because again, we're conditioned so often that ejaculation is what you need. And also, you know, as much as you can have it, you can get it because it's a buffet. So I'm curious what your experience with that is and, and kind of that journey for you. Sure. So like I was addicted to porn, probably between like porn and sex, more or less between the ages of 12 to 23 is when I quit porn. And I also took a period of almost two years of complete abstinence before I married my now wife. And we had been dating for a long time since since I was 19. So we've been together almost 10 years now. So the big thing first is getting through the chemical withdrawal. Like your body, it has an adaptation period where it's expecting a very high level of orgasm. And learning how to just recondition physically on that level is challenging. It's very challenging. You go through a lot of physical withdrawal symptoms in terms of that ache, that itching, that burning desire. You might even have some like blue balls and stuff like that. It's kind of like, you know, if you ever get into a phase where you're working out a lot and you stop working out, your muscles will actually begin to ache. And I think something like that does happen to your sexual equipment as it adapts to a lower orgasm frequency. But I think the more profound thing 
is all of the other stuff that comes up in this process. Because most guys that I know, they call themselves porn addicts. Like, it's not so much a sexual thing. Yes, there's a huge sexual component, but it's also like, what are they using that orgasm to cover up? Because orgasm is like a, a crazy chemical cocktail. It's like, in order to get something that matches that, you're going to have to use some hard drugs. And so people use porn as a mood modification tool where whenever they're bored, lonely, angry, frustrated, whatever, they can turn on some porn, have an orgasm and completely nuke their brain and not have to feel those feelings. So on top of the physical withdrawal symptoms, there is often then a period where all those repressed emotions, all those repressed issues in your life start boiling to the surface. So, I mean, you've got this stereotype of the porn addict being this like basement dwelling dirty dude, which is really inaccurate. In most cases, there's a lot of very high functioning porn addicts. But I mean, I think there's an element of that that rings true in the sense that there is like men who are porn addicts are living less than their ideal lives. And so they use porn to cope with that pain. And then when they cut out the porn, they start feeling the pain. They start feeling the actual issues in their life. They feel the fact that, hey, they don't have the relationships they want. They don't have the career that they want. They don't have good discipline. They don't take care of themselves well. Channeling that energy into bigger things. And I think that this is where guys need to recognize that their sexual energy has two sides to it. On one hand, you could argue that there's this lover side, the part that, you know, wants to unite with something beautiful, you know, with a beautiful woman or a beautiful life, if you're going to transmute it up to a higher level. But it's also intrinsically tied to the energy that allows you to conquer. So that's what testosterone really modifies most in men is, is their status seeking behavior within certain realms. And so it's like men evolve to compete for women to be the most capable, the most, have the most resources to do all that. So it's like this conquering status pursuit sort of energy is inherently tied to your sexuality. And so when you start learning how to hold your sexuality, to hold that ache, that in turn also allows you to tap into that more primal conquering energy to then go out and discipline yourself and do something good with your life and then ultimately become attractive and attract the mate that someone that, you know, you're aligned with. Absolutely. This is a big part of Tantra, right? So Tantra is all about, you know, a big part is understanding the power of your seed, right? As a man, the power of your seed, the power of ejaculation. It's like our sexual energy is literally some of the most powerful energy for both male and female. I mean, it's literally what creates life. And so instead of spilling it out, because oftentimes you have sex, you have an orgasm, and then it's not, you're tired. It's like, oh my God. Okay. Like, Mm -hmm. let's, let's just lay here for a little bit longer. Can we, you know, and Instead of using that, can you take this power and move it through your energy body, move it through your subtle body, and then give it back to yourself, store it in whether it's the Dantian or or the Manipura, which is like your center of drive and willpower. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is a lot of kind of what you're talking about is instead of using all of this energy, because it takes energy to masturbate and to create this time and chemical reactions in your body, instead of using it just for that moment figure tap into yourself in a way that you can move it back to something that's a job or a purpose or something that is more fulfilling beyond your own small sexual desire in the moment right if i was going to put it in it's like you're freeing your anima which is in a man it's his perception of femininity it's like the anima is kind of like his ideal feminine and any woman that lines up to that anima seems very attractive to him the problem is that most guys 
their anima is consumed by this dragon of lust. It's like, you know, if you go into that mythological idea of the dragon hoarding the maiden, okay? And as a man, it's your job to slay that dragon. That dragon's a thing of, of lies. It's a thing that says, hey, you can take this easy way. Hey, porn is a real sexual partner. And all the self-deceptions and rationalizations that go along with that. And if you can slay that dragon, then you can free your anima. And this allows you then to unite with a bigger, a greater beauty, you know, beyond just even any one individual woman. But it's like I said earlier, it's like learning how to make love to life. And so, yeah, it's something that takes time. It has to work through all of your systems, your physical, your psychological, your emotional systems, all of it. You got to learn how to hold that energy and allow it to pass through you and transform you as you deal with it. Absolutely. That's a beautiful, I love that. Okay. So when you were in your journey and you were dealing with all these emotions and they were coming up for you, what did you do? What were some of your, you know, how did you cope with it? Because as a society in general, men are taught, I mean, that this could be a huge link also the fact that you're culturally conditioned not to connect to your feelings and your emotions. So if sex is better than drugs, right? It's better than getting into being an alcoholic at 16. So it's like, if you are taught to repress this aspect of yourself, the feminine, the emotions, and now all of a sudden they're coming up and you're never again given the tools to manage them. What were some of the things that you did to deal with some of these emotions that were coming up for you? There's like a bunch of different layers to the process that I teach guys, and I'll just kind of walk you through them. So on one hand, you have to get bought in. You have to get clear on what porn, like the, the problems that porn is causing in your life, and then the benefits of quitting. And then you also have to understand like why porn is actually useful to you, because it is a, a tremendous power. If porn worked, like if it actually led to a better life, why the heck wouldn't you do it? But it doesn't, <laughs> Right. And so you got to get a clear picture of the costs and benefits and decide that, hey, I'm going to pay this price. I'm going to pay this essentially pain price. Porn is kind of like a pleasure credit card. You can get pleasure in the moment, but it causes more pain in the long run. And if you want to leave porn behind, you got to pay off that credit card that you've developed by leaning on that rather than living a good life. So early into my reboot, I got into the process of teaching other people. Like back in 2013, when I started my YouTube channel, I was one of the very first people to put their face on this issue. And I was constantly talking about it and helping other people. And so that kind of gave me a lot of support as I was developing the more specific tools for how to deal with this kind of stuff. But ultimately, it's like you can't lie to yourself. And when you can learn how to hold the truth up in the face of a painful emotion, that's when you're going to really get free. And so I would say that was pretty much my journey is learning how to do that and then embody it. Wow, so powerful. I think that at the end of the day, the biggest work that any of us could ever do is the work on ourselves, really beginning to be honest and open about where we are and ask ourselves if where we are is where we want to be. And if not, stop making excuses for why we're not there. Start looking at our patterns and habits and start saying, hey, is it because I'm not working out? Is it because I'm playing the victim? Is it because I'm having you know too much fun with porn or what is it and really it's in those places when you start to really see yourself and get real with yourself that you begin to create the reality that deep down your soul yearns for which is truly a lot of people on my network and and who tune into videos that's really why they tune in is because regardless of whatever story the mind is telling they're realizing that there's something deeper that is waiting to come through and obviously whether you found your path and you found something that has been incredibly transformational for not only your own life, but many of the men that you've helped. 
And so I'm curious, since there are a lot of people who have shared that they're interested and they relate, how can people find you? What are the different avenues and channels if people want to work with you? What does it look like if you want to share some of that so we can give people a place and an understanding of how to dive deeper with you? The best place to probably start is to go to my YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash universal man. I have two playlists on there that you probably want to check out. One is the sexual self-mastery series. And that's where I start doing a bit of a deep dive into what you need to know if you want to start mastering your sexual energy. And then I have another series called the Porn Free FAQs, where I tackle common questions around the process of quitting porn and rebooting your brain. That's the idea here is that like, if you take a period of complete abstinence, you will be able to reset your brain to a more natural and healthy level. And I kind of talk about all that stuff. And so that's all completely free. In it, I advertise another free guide that you can get by going to my website, universalman.com, which is called The Reboot Regimen, where I start talking about the specific habit and mindset shifts that you can engage in to begin getting yourself together. A lot of guys really like that. It's actually a pretty robust guide for being free. And then if you really want to get serious, then join a community. There's a bunch of great communities out there like nofap.com. If you're more interested in the science, go check out uh, yourbrainonporn.com. But I also have a course that I have out at nofapacademy.com. And I have a Patreon too, where I've got a community of guys going through this stuff. And I put out a ton of content exclusive to them too. So the best place, just start with the free stuff. And if you like what I'm saying and you want to go deeper, well, it's all right there. Obviously, I have like a lot of, well, maybe not obviously, I didn't say this, but I have a lot of personal clients too that I work with. If you're really serious and you just want to get through this as efficiently as possible. Mm, I honor you and I thank you truly for, again, doing the self-work and choosing to be open and honest and vulnerable and share your truth and use what was a challenge and what was a crux to begin to create a life that you love and a life that you're more in alignment and also a life where you're able to help a lot of people. It's people like you who can be so open and honest and make a difference in this world that inspire me. So it's truly been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for taking your time to share your wisdom and your knowledge with this community. And thank you again, Mark. And you can drop a link, any links that you want in the comments as well, so people can have easy access and then I can put them up in the top as well. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to reach your audience. Hopefully they got something out of this. And I would love to help any of you guys out if you're struggling with this thing, because it's it's hard. It's really hard. This can be one of those like life-defining sort of struggles. I would go so far as to say it's like quitting porn and getting your sexuality on track. It's the rite of passage for the modern man. So do the work. It's absolutely worth it. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. On that note, thank you so much, Mark, and everyone else who's tuned in. Thank you for your shares, and I will see you next week. See ya. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape, or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content, and together we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.